Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi, we're back. And we have been pretty much up at Bear Lake all week. We are having a fabulous time with all of our family this week. It's our reunion week. And we have 41 of us here. 42, Linda, 42. Well, that's counting an unborn child that we just found out about. So uh, it's pretty crazy. But the point is we are coming at you today not as parents, but as grandparents. But if you're listening and you're a parent and not a grandparent, stay tuned in because we're going to suggest some things today that might actually influence what you tell your parents you want them to do for your children. And we're going to talk about reunions. If you need some reunion ideas, our kids have come up with a few new ones this year, and it's very fun. Including the one we just left to come up to do the radio show. It was called The Fear Factor. And I have never seen anything quite that funny in my entire life. Imagine, if you will, about 20 little grandkids trying to eat a piece of raw squid or a piece of seaweed or the final thing, barbecued squid. (laughs) Oh, there were dried anchovies. You know, the thing they had the hardest time with for some reason (laughs) is vegetable juice. Honestly, they were just gagging over it. They could not... V8 juice. V8 juice. They thought it was the most horrible thing they'd ever tasted. Oh, that was funny. We started with 15 kids, and then they they dropped out when they couldn't do it, and... And then we got down to eight, and they did really pretty well, that last eight, and then five, and then the last three. Honestly, it was hilarious. Oh, wow. We have I just kids. hope we don't have any eating disorders that result from that today. Oh, no way. They, are, they were <laughs> funny. We have a son who went to Japan on his mission, so he knew what to get, including the seaweed and those little uh, anchovies with their eyes still on them all dried up about an inch long. Honestly, the whole pile, they ate it. I can't believe how many kids actually <laughs> ate it. And then a three-year-old came to me afterwards who it wasn't even in the game, and she said, I want one. So we gave her one, and uh, we have some She had a whole pile pictures. of little little Japanese uh, sardines, tiny little ones, about an inch long. I think Except they were anchovies, which is a little bit worse than sardines. <laughs> but I think next year at the reunion, Linda, when we do the fear factor, we should... Instead of having Japanese food and slimy seafood, we should, you know, start with spinach and kale and uh, broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll discover they actually like some of those things if they're going for the prize. Maybe, or maybe those who have never tasted it will decide never to taste it again. (laughs) So uh, we'll see. But... We have had a ball with these kids. We had a talent show this morning, and the things those kids come up with are absolutely amazing. And before we go any farther, we talked about reunions a bit uh, last year on our website and uh, on blogs and so on. And a friend wrote to me who's had a really hard life and whose kids don't get along very well, and she said, what do you do when you don't have a place where you can your kids together you can't afford to rent it you don't have it Uh, what do you do with your family and uh, you know it it is harder but it's still possible because you can do you know what we did in somebody's backyard today 
And um, actually, it doesn't take a lot of money. This family are really good thinkers. They have great minds. And we suggested reading a book and then talking about it together with the adults and then having a children's book or, you know, whatever. You have to tailor it to what your family can do and what their needs are particularly. Well, and I think, Linda, so many families for family reunions simply go camping, and there's there's something quite wonderful about that. For one thing, you don't usually have kids who can be on their iPad or their iPod or their iPhone because you're out of reception in most camping areas, which benefits the concentration level at the reunion. So a, a family reunion is really not out of reach of any family, and yeah, the fun thing is when you try different things every year. I mean, this year, this this will sound a little strange, but in about an hour when we're done with the radio show, we're going to go participate in a bird-watching exercise where little groups of four or five are going to go out and with binoculars and a camera and see how many different birds they can see. And you would not believe the enthusiasm by the kids. I think it's engendered by the chairman of the reunion this year we rotate every year and have a different son or daughter and their spouse in charge of the reunion and they come up with their own unique approach to things i have a fun time watching it this year because the chair is our son talmage and his wife anita is swiss she's from switzerland and i'll tell you we've never had a reunion linda that's run just like clockwork i mean it's time to do this and we do it it's time to do this and we do it like a Swiss watch or a Swiss train, and that hasn't always been the case. For example, a couple of years ago, we had our <laughs> least time-conscious son, and uh, we eventually got everything done, but everything was two or three hours late, and that was fine. You know, it matched his personality. Yeah, and I think everybody liked it just as much. I mean, it's just a different kind of thing. This has been especially hilarious this year, though, because she, this um, little Swiss gal and her husband... I have a new baby for the first time, and she is 39. And she was 38. Not the baby, Linda, baby. The, the, the mother. Not the baby. <laughs> but um, honestly, it is hilarious how she does this baby totally different than any baby I did. I mean, everything is exactly on time. And at, you know, at 10 yeah, o'clock, but- at 2 o'clock, at 4 o'clock, that baby eats. And uh, then we have another little family with a fourth baby that was born two weeks later than this baby. And they're like, oh, it's been about three hours. I guess I better go check on that baby. (laughs) (laughs) They do not walk ten steps away from this baby. It is so fun and so funny. Well, the the Swiss mom, I heard her the other day saying, tell me when it's seven minutes to four. That was the feeding time. Not five to four or ten to four, seven minutes to four. And, you know, you just have to love it as a grandparent, watching the different parenting styles and approaches of your children. But back to the reunion. Um, You know, the couple that's in charge figures everything out. And this year, instead of the traditional T-shirts, usually one of the highlights of the reunion is when the official T-shirt of the year is unveiled. And, you know, different ones have different ideas. But this year... Just for a change-up, I guess, they gave everyone a puzzle instead of a T-shirt. And the puzzle was a collage of all the pictures of all of the families, each of our kids and their families. And it was cut according to 
the ages of the kids in the family. If they had older kids, then maybe they got that, that same picture, but cut so it's a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle. I think the least number of pieces for a family that just had a, a one-year-old, I think it had 32 pieces. But they all got the the family puzzle, which we thought was kind of cute, didn't we, honey? It was absolutely darling. And actually, they are a little bit pricey because obviously they have some work goes into that. I don't know how they found they They live in New York City. I don't know how, how they found this company. But well, you just go online, Lindy, and look for a puzzle, puzzle, puzzle from a picture, and there's probably 10 or oh, 20 probably places. Oh, probably so. Probably exactly, get. yeah. And the thing is that um, it costs just the same as the T-shirts <laughs> um, because, you know, if you have seven people in a family and the um, the puzzle is $30, $35, something like that, um, you save money, so it really is really a great idea. We have had so much fun with those puzzles. So reunions are just a blast, and, and you know, I mean, I think you have to divide everything into three categories. This is my my sort of conceptual view of a reunion. There's three things. There's fun. There is meetings where you actually talk about important stuff, and that can range from your family history, your ancestors. It can range to people's goals for the next year. This afternoon, I know we're all going to write a little thing on a paper plate, interestingly. Just thought uh, that would make it extra special of where you think you'll be in five years and what you think you'll be doing. And then uh, the chairman of the reunion is going to take those, put them in a little plastic case and bury them. And we'll we'll dig them up. It's like a time capsule in five years, and see how close we were to what we thought we would be doing. So there's so this the first category is things that are fun, like you know the fear factor or the little puzzles or all that we usually do in Olympic games for the family and so on and so forth. And then the meetings where you have everything from serious talks about values to, you know, something like setting goals. And the third thing, and it probably should be number one, and that is food. <laughs> there is a lot of food involved in this. When you think about 120 meals a day, we truck in food. Honestly, we did three carloads before the reunion started, then everybody that comes along, and the husbands, it really is just three and a half days, but the husbands come, and with the girls stay for the whole month because we're up at Bear Lake at a place where we can do that. It's crowded. Everybody has one room. Even if you have five kids, you only have one room. And um, it really is a riot. But at the same time, I mean, we just truck in food. Those husbands come in and out on the weekends, and so we have them stop at Walmart or stop at Costco, and we have our little list, and they bring it up to us because it's an hour round trip to the grocery store. So we have to be pretty carefully plan, planning these meals. Well, let, but, me, let, me, let me just say, let me give a little tribute to you, Linda, because what, what we've observed in a lot of families that have family reunions is they have a lot of fun, but at the end of the three or four days, the mother or the grandmother, the matriarch of the family, is pretty much dead. I mean, because she tries to cook for everyone, take care of everyone, watch out for everyone, be the first aid woman for everyone, and it's just crazy. Linda has actually managed to do a pretty good job in the last few years to sort of delegate. Delegation is the key to a good reunion. And not only that, I mean, we, we basically delegate to the chairman, the chairman, then delegates to everyone else. So each meal is prepared by a separate couple of people who have been pre-assigned, who have bought the food, who have the menu, who go up 
two or three or four hours early and get it going. And then all of the kids do all the cleanup. And I tell you, there's something that does my heart good about we We have our grandkids in groups, group one, group two, group three, down to group six. And they're all within a year or two of each other's age within those groups. And I, I'm kind of partial to group four right now because it's five little boys, no girls in group four. And uh, they have a little job to do, and by golly, they do it. And they, after every meal, what are the, what are the, what are, I, I know the number one group cleans the floor, the number two group loads the dishwasher, the number three group, I think, does all the countertops. And so, you know, and they work together Before in these little teams. The yeah. And so it's a pretty good way to do it. And the adults, after dinner, get to sit around and talk while the kids clean everything up. And <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be amazed how well that goes because nobody, you know, it's like a team spirit. Each group wants to be sure they do their job well and properly. Well, and now they've decided to give extra points for certain things like mopping the floor and, and vacuuming the stairs. And so I heard the funniest conversation this morning that just warmed my heart. Groups two and three were mopping the floor and vacuuming, and I went down and heard one of the kids say, I told them we wanted to mop the floor, and they are up there mopping the floor themselves. I can't believe it. They're going to get more points than we are. And (laughs) honestly, it was hilarious. I mean, they were just indignant that somebody had taken over their job. I told them I wanted to vacuum, and now they are vacuuming, and I cannot believe they did that. (laughs) Well, it was absolutely wonderful because the house was clean before they went to the beach this morning. Now we need to take a little break, and then when we come back after the break, we're going to share two things that really are our own perspective, and I'll, I'll give you a little clue what they are. We're going to tell you about how Linda does Grammy camp every year, and I'm going to tell you about the grandfather's secrets. So we'll be back right after this break. Okay, we're back. Richard and Linda Iyer speaking to you from Bear Lake, the Idaho part of Bear Lake, where 42 little members of Iyer Realm are gathered for the family reunion. We had a hard time getting away long enough to come up to the one and only phone we have at this place. And well, except for cell phones. Well, we yeah, but cell phones, going the beautiful around. thing is cell phones don't work very well up here, which I think is just wonderful. But anyway, we're up here at the phones, and we want to tell you what our main contribution is to these family reunions. And, Linda, I think you should go first and explain the intricacies of Grammy Camp. Well... You know, we started this a few years ago, and once you start traditions, you cannot stop. But not that I would want to stop. It's my favorite part. All of our children, except for one family in Ogden, Utah, live far, far away from us. And so this is our one chance for these cousins to be together and bond and for us to really get to know our children one-on-one. And actually, well, 23-on-one, but um, that's why we decided we needed to divide them up into groups and do some things individually. I have group one and two, which is six kids, um, with the teenagers, 15 and 14, and then on down to uh, 12. And then the next group is three darling little girls who are 8, 9, 10. And then we have those five little boys that Richard mentioned together. And this year we have two new five-year-olds. They start when they're five. 
And so we had them up here on their own uh, just for a few hours. The others, we take them, I take them in the afternoon, and then we do some fun things. They stay overnight and then go back after breakfast the next morning. But honestly, it is the funnest thing I do all summer because you see those personalities working with each other, and it is a riot. Now, I just feel like it's important as a grandmother to teach my grandchildren the things that I think are important. So the, one of my most important things uh, growing up was work. We had to work, and I feel like, man, these kids need to work. It isn't just all fun here. So I get them a pair of new gloves every year, and we put on the gloves, and we go over to the weed patch, and we, there's always plenty of weeds at Bear Lake. So they weed, and they get a penny for each weed they pull out. And this year, actually, I gave them a raise and gave them two pennies for each one because they're a little bit harder weeds. But anyway, then they take their money later in the afternoon to the dollar store and buy what they want. And they usually make between 4 and $6, which is just about right for the dollar store. For the little kids. You don't, you don't get the teenagers out pulling weeds for two cents a weed. Uh, no, but the, they do have to do some work. They do uh, pull some weeds before we go. Right. And we do a little different activity every time. But also, I love the scriptures, and I want to make sure that my grandchildren know my favorite scripture, which is found in at Helaman 5.12, which is in the Book of Mormon, for those who are listening that are Mormons. And then, um, if not, if anybody wants to look it up, it's easy to look at online. Um, Helaman 5.12. Um, and so every one of these older six can do that word perfect, which is so fun. And then with the little kids, we just have them do the first phrase which is important. So anyway, whatever is important to you, I think it's so important to pass on to your grandchildren. This well, you do, we, a lot, you do a lot with ancestors, too, when you have these Well, that's the camps. third thing that I yeah. think is so important, and that is ancestors. We like to go out, and uh, we talk about ancestors before we go, about their lives and what they've done. We show them pictures of my mom and dad and my grandparents, and then we go over to their graves at the cemetery, which is just across the lake, luckily. And uh, there are several of them are named after my mother, who's Hazel, and one little boy is named Roy after my grandfather. And so we go over there and have a scavenger hunt and find those graves. Now, the older kids know exactly where to go, but the little kids, is, they're hilarious as I take them over for the first time. But it, it is so important to connect the, their graves and where they lived and so on, with, if it's possible. To, and so to let these kids know how important their roots are. They came from these people, and they're part of these people, and they're all wonderful people. I'll tell you what, the, what our kids, the parents of these grandkids, love about Grammy Camp and that is that for a whole afternoon and overnight and then all the next morning, they get a vacation from their own kids because their kids are up here with Grammy having the Grammy camp and they get to stay in the other part of the, they get to stay in the other little cabin we have and they get to hang out there and not have to worry 24-7 about these kids. So Grammy camp is kind of what you might call a win-win situation. <laughs> well, it is so fun. This year we started making whole wheat bread because we have enough wheat underneath this house in the crawl space to feed the entire <laughs> Bear Lake Valley. So we decided we better start using it. So I have an attachment to my Vitamix that I put on. It's a lot easier to do than when we were kids when I was making bread. But we had so much fun making bread with it with two of those groups. And so, you know, just all kinds of fun things that you can do. But the most important thing is the relationship with those kids and the, well, their relationship the way, with each other. The, re the reason we have so much weed and food storage up here is that we... <laughs> 
when we were, you know, buying food storage years and years and years ago, thinking we ought to have something, you know, in case there's a World War Three or there's some kind of a famine or some kind of pestilence. And so we thought, where do we want to put it? Do we want to put it in our house in Salt Lake City? I don't think so. I think we want to put it at Bear Lake because if the world's coming to an end, that's probably the place we'd want to be. A, because you'd never run out of water from the lake, and B, there's a whole lot of farmers around here who don't know how to live in crises situations. <laughs> but, uh, honey, I think you better get on to uh, Grandfather. Okay, all right. But I do have to say before you do that, I, I that was not my idea. My idea is if we have an earthquake, how do we get here? But anyway, that's for a discussion for later. Yeah, anyway. that's right. We, we, do you think we'll talk about food food storage, some radio show, honey? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I, I didn't want to be outdone by Grammy here in terms of all the kids. Grammy camp. Grammy camp. I wanted to be relevant. I didn't want to be redundant at the family reunion. You know, I mean, sometimes I'm a kind of a retiring shy violet, and I didn't want to be ignored by the grandkids, right? Right. And so we instigated a few years ago something called the Grandfather's Secrets, and kids don't get in on those until they reach a certain age because they might not understand them. And in our case, the oldest one in the group has to be at least 10 years old. And then they get in on the grandfather's secrets. And all they are is something, I bet all you grandparents listening, or you parents for that matter, probably have certain little things that you'd like to sort of implant in your child's head to the point where it became a part of him. It just became a part of his chemistry and influenced everything he did. And I'll just tell you, we have five of them so far, but we add a new one every year, and eventually we're going to get to ten grandfather's secrets. But what we do, I'll just tell you what they are in a minute, the first five, but the idea is kids not only learn them in terms of memorizing them, but we have a little online thing where all during the year, whenever they have an experience where they applied one of these grandfather's secrets, they click on there and they send it not only to me but to their peers, to their other little cousins who are part of their group in the family reunion. And that is so much fun. And I just want to say that what we hope happens over time is that cousins become really, really important in our extended family, somewhere between a sibling and a friend, not quite as close to you as your sibling but much closer to you than your friends. And we hope that as the kids go into the teenage years, which they're in now, some of them, that they'll influence each other for good. And then if any one of those kids has a tough time or a really kind of a rebellious friend or someone that's influencing him the wrong way, we hope a cousin will actually be able to intervene. But anyway, with that as a preface, um, let me just tell you what some of our grandfathers Yeah, you better, are. even just, though it's a secret. Well, just, yeah, it's a secret, but you, you're, you're pledged to secrecy. Don't you go spreading this around, you listeners. But uh, you'll want to develop your own. But I'll just tell you what, what ours are. Number one is, they're all simple, as you'll notice, and it's called leading. They each have a title, and the first one's called leading. And the grandfather's secret is most kids are waiting for someone to lead them, but they just don't know it yet. And... And then you'd be amazed the experiences kids come up with, little funny things. Like the other day, uh, one of the uh, 11-year-olds said, well, you know, 
there there was a, a girl who who told me not to talk to someone because they didn't think she was cool and i said no i am going to talk to her and you should too because it's good to be nice to everyone and so she said that that friend fallen fell in line and started you know being nice to this other kid and some of the experiences we get when we when we get together at the reunion are just hilarious but they but the point is kid get kids get it they know what that means the second grandfather's secret is joy is the purpose of life and a choice we make and the name of that one of course is joy and so you know we get experiences of well you know my mom said I'd have to come to this family reunion and I wanted to stay and do something with my friend but once I realized I really had to do it I just made the choice that I'd be happy about it and I am happy I'm happy to be here you know and so in the minds of these little kids these secrets begin to take on meaning begin to take on a life of their own the third one is a spiritual one it essentially says the Holy Spirit will help you in all your decisions, large and small. And I mean, we get stories from these kids for everything from, I lost my ring and, and you know, the Spirit helped me find it. <laughs> all the way to really profound things like, you know, I was trying to decide, you know, which class to take in junior high and I thought about it hard and I said a little prayer and then I knew which class I should take and it's just so sweet to listen to what they do and then the the fourth one's kind of an interesting one there's a little there's a tree up on a mountain here within sight of where we have our reunions and it's a barren we're on the east side of Bear Lake for those of you who know it it's a barren hillside nothing but sagebrush but right in the middle of this hillside is a single tree one perfect little round tree and it's a cedar tree, but it's a particularly beautiful one, and it's all by itself. And so, um, and what's interesting is we hiked up to it last year, and there's an owl that has built a nest in this tree, and we call it single tree. And so the fourth grandfather's secret is very simple. Never be afraid to stand alone. And that tree is our symbol for that fourth secret, and the kids now have experiences. We've been doing this for enough years that we've had some great experiences about when everyone else was saying, come and do this, come and do this. And they stood alone and said, no, I'm not going to do it. And, of course, it's a, it's a form of role-playing is what it is, Linda. It's like a case study. Kids think it through in advance with these secrets, and then when they come to the problem, they just make the right choice, or at least they have a better chance of making the right, right choice. And lastly, and then Linda, you can take us on out till next week, but the last secret, number five, is good popularity comes from being nice to everyone, and it lasts. Bad popularity comes from only being nice to certain people, and it doesn't. <laughs> We've... We've had so much fun. We're playing the song to him from Wicked. Popular, you want to be popular. And talking about this whole popularity thing and how some kids think they're popular, but they're actually just cliquish. And the ones who are nice to everyone, that's the ones that are truly popular. Kids really get that. And here's the final thing I want to say. As a grandparent, you can sometimes teach things to children that parents really can't teach. A grandparent has a little more social distance. You can say it in a little different way. 
it's newer to the child than if it comes from the parents, and it sinks in, and we think it lasts. Well, let me just close by saying, since you mentioned music, one of our funnest things, our opening for reunion every year the last four or five years has been everybody sends in their favorite song to the person that's running the reunion, and they put it together, either on a CD or a download so that you can put it on your computer, and honestly, it is so fun. We sit around and play the songs one at a time, and everybody guesses who sends it in. And actually, the children are on the same CD this year. We did a separate kids one last year, but it was absolutely so fun to see them. They're supposed to stand up and dance when it's their song. And it's so fun to see each little child spotlighted and each adult spotlighted, and then they kind of say why they love that song. And I think, really, there are just so many things you can do for a reunion. We hope Time's you... up. Sorry, sorry, Linda. More, I just hope we, hope, we hope you enjoy a reunion, too, and we'll... We'll be talking to you again next week. Go have a family reunion. If you've never had one, you start it for your family. See you next week on Hires on the Road.